Well, today is our fourth and last Sunday of our Advent series. All the candles are burning. Today we lit up the last candle, the candle of joy. And this is also our Christmas service. Since, uh, you know, Christmas Eve is today, a Sunday, tomorrow is Christmas Day. So we're having our Christmas service today. Tomorrow we'll spend the day relaxing with family, with friends, and of course, continuing the celebration. There are, there are different traditions when it comes to celebrating Christmas. There are those that have a big celebration on Christmas Day. So many will have a big celebration today. Others will have a big celebration on Christmas Eve, okay, today. Today's Christmas Eve. Some have a big celebration on Christmas Eve. Others have a big celebration on Christmas Day, tomorrow. They'll have a big celebration tomorrow. Uh, some have a big celebration on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day, okay? Our family and a lot of Latin families fall in that category. We have a big celebration today, this evening, and we continue tomorrow, okay? So, a lot of celebration, and so uh, we enjoy two days of celebration. So, perhaps it is appropriate that in this note of celebration today, we light the candle of joy in our Advent wreath. You've heard already we've been singing about joy, and uh, that is going to be the topic uh, today. So as you remember, the whole Advent uh, wreath, you've been talking about the symbolism of it, and Advent, of course, means what? Arrival. Okay, we are celebrating the arrival of Jesus. That's what this Advent time is. It's a time of preparing our hearts, uh, you know, for, for the arrival of Jesus, to, to worship Him and celebrate Him. But we know we don't just celebrate what happened 2,000 years ago. We know that there's going to be a second Advent. Because when Jesus went back to heaven, He promised to return. And so Jesus is going to come back again. And so when we celebrate Advent as in his first coming, we are also celebrating with anticipation and being reminded that he will return. There will be a second Advent. He will return, and when he does, he will establish his kingdom in its fullness. He came to preach the kingdom and bring the kingdom of God, but right now we are living in a time of conflict between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of this world. There's a battle going on, right? But we are living in this life, in this world, by the rules of the kingdom of God. But the day is coming where only the rules of the kingdom of God will prevail. Jesus will be here governing, and there will be peace, and so on. So that's what it means. Now, of course, each of the, the four candles, you know, the center candle represents Jesus, and each of the four candles represents four words which are associated with Christmas, okay? And uh, we're going to have a, a quick recap of them. It's, it's hope, peace, love, and of course today, joy. But when we spoke about hope, we, we know that hope determines how we live and how we wait, the, the kind of hope that you carry inside of you determines how you live and how you wait and how you expect the future. If your hope is in politics, if your hope is in finances, if your hope is in human beings or the systems of this world, I feel sorry for you. Because it may go well with you for a couple of years, maybe a couple of decades, but then... Everything collapses. We cannot have hope in the things of this world. But we learn that as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus, 
we, we have a hope which is sure. It is a sure hope because our hope is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our hope is because we can look back on our God as being faithful to his promises in the past and therefore that gives us hope and meaning and assurance that he will be faithful to his promises in the future. And so we have this living hope. We have we live every day with a living hope because if you're if our hope is in a living person, Jesus, then every day that hope is alive. We live daily with that hope. It gives meaning to our lives here, and it gives us confidence of a future eternal life with Jesus. Then we looked at peace, of course, the second candle, and uh, most people want peace. Why most people, Pastor, doesn't everybody want peace? No, some people don't want peace. Some people just want to fight and kill and destroy. They that's what they thrive in. But a large majority of people want peace. And when we speak about peace, they think, oh, it's a lack of trouble, it's a lack of war, it's a lack of suffering. But we, we came to realize that the biblical peace, the biblical meaning of peace is much broader. It is not just the absence of war or conflict. And sometimes peace can exist in the midst of war and conflict because it's a peace which transcends our surroundings. Biblical peace, as we learned, is the presence of a person, Jesus Christ. It is an inner peace, an inner strength, an inner well-being that comes from the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus Christ, whom we are celebrating at the season, celebrating, remembering his birth. And so real peace comes from knowing Jesus as Savior and as Lord. There is peace with God there is the peace of God, there is peace with others, and then there is future peace, a peace which we are hoping for, I mentioned just now, when Jesus returns, <laughs> there will be everlasting peace, amen, and we look forward to that, that is second advent. Then we spoke about love, last week we heard about love, and we are reminded again that the source of love is God. Have you seen how each of these words is actually related to a person? And to a relationship with God. You cannot have any of these without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not truly, not really. You can have temporary love, temporary peace, temporary anything. But if you want lasting and deep and real, it has to be through a relationship with Jesus. And the same thing with love. Because, because God is love. He is love. He's the source of love we learned. Amen? And his love for us was expressed in Jesus coming to die for our sins so that our relationship with God could be restored. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, his love is poured in our hearts. And it is shown in love towards others. Most languages have only one word for love. Love, lifda, amor, etc. Um, but we found out the Greeks, they thought a little bit and they realized love is too complex a thing to have only one word. And so they have many words for love. But when they talk about God is love in the New Testament, which is written in Greek, which is God is love, the word they use over there is agape. And agape is, is a love which is a selfless love. It's a love that wants the best for the other. And so God wanted the best for you and me. So he gave his best, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus came and because he loves you and me with agape love, he wants the best for you and me. And so he gave his best, his own life, his sinless life in exchange for your sinful life and my sinful life. So that our relationship with God the Father could be restored. That's love, man. Praise God, he didn't remain dead. He rose again and he's alive today. Amen. And so that is his love. And uh, so we are celebrating that. We are to reflect that love by what? Loving God, loving God back, amen, with a selfless kind of love. And also by doing His will, obeying His commandments, and we are to love others as He has loved us. And I, I remind you of a quote that was used, part of which went like this. The right way to love is to do it the way God has done it. Don't love your way, love God's way. Don't love the Hollywood way, love God's way. Don't love the world's way, love God's way. What is God's way? Love is not simply a feeling. To love is to have a strong desire for another person's best interests. But watch, it's not finished. Yet it carries on. According to God's moral character and his moral design. Some people today, they want to live in love. Love, 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 love. I love you, you know, no matter what you do. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Uh, no. We are to love people according to his moral character. Often we hear this thing, oh, love's God is unconditional. Yeah, look, God loves you unconditionally. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he loves you. And he wants you. But if you want his love, there are conditions to it. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ, his only son, that anybody can come to him. No. It says God so loved the world that he gave him because of that whoever believes in him. There's a condition. You want eternal life? You've got to believe. What does it mean to believe? To have faith in, to surrender your life to, to listen to what he says and obey his commandments. I, I'm pointing out because the center candle resemble, represents Jesus, okay? Uh, <laughs> it's nothing spooky over here, okay? <laughs> I'm not seeing things. It's just a matter of understanding what belief means. It's not just believe that he exists. No, it's a relationship. It's Believing in him, submitting to him, living with him, obeying his command. Then the condition kicks in and you have eternal life. Now God wants everybody to have eternal life. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to force anybody to believe in him. Amen? So I, I, I agree with what you said this morning. The best present we can give Jesus is our hearts, is our lives. And I hope every one of you watching, those of you listening, everyone present here today, I hope you've settled that whole thing in your heart. That you trust and believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Surrendered your life to him. So Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. You know, my life is yours. Now, if you're able to grasp, grasp the meaning of each of these words, okay, of hope, of peace, and of love, if you're able to grasp the meaning of those and experience them in your life, because that is God's will, that all of us will experience those things in our lives, in this life. So if that is the case and you experience those things, then it makes my preaching about joy today very simple and very easy because it goes like this. If you have hope, 
peace and love, the result will be joy. <laughs> Amen. Come on. You've got hope. You've got peace. You've got love. What else do you want? The reaction, the response in you is joy. Amen. But anyway, that's, that's a short version of my sermon. So if you've got that right, go home. No, no, don't. <laughs> Let's speak a little bit more about it, okay? We are going to look back at, at that Christmas Eve and, uh, and see how joy played a role. Not only in Christmas Eve, but surrounding the birth of Jesus, before, during, and after. It, there were things that happened which were full of joy. And, and then we're going to look a little bit at some things that the Bible says about joy. But before we carry on, um, what... Memories of joy do you have? When you, when you think of joy, how do you define joy? What comes to, to mind when you hear the word joy? Huh? Holidays? Gifts under the Christmas tree? Nice Christmas meal? Hey? People gathering, families together? What about a big fat bonus at the end of the year? Nice. Oh, that brings me joy, huh? Or, or maybe a doctor's report coming to you and you've been worried. And he comes to you and gives a clean bowl of health. Yay! Joy! Huh? What memories, I wonder, just think about it. What memories do you have in your life of joyful occasions, joyful moments? Think a bit about it. And, and in fact, as you spend this day and celebrating the birth of Jesus, and as you think of joy, try and reminisce. Maybe share with somebody one or two memories that really brought joy into your life. But what is joy? Webster's Dictionary defines joy in the following way. Joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, by success, or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires, okay? Like, you know, your kids, you've been the whole year working, and, and you want to pass the year and have good exams, and then all of a sudden, ah, and we're talking about kids, I'm talking about adults as well, you know, you know no matter what you're studying, in varsity and so on, uh, and, then, and then you get the results and you pass, yay, great joy, what you're expecting came true. It also means a state of happiness or felicity, Felicidade, felicidad, okay, felicity of joy. Now, the synonyms of this word, words which mean the same thing, are gladness, happiness, and warm fuzzies. Eh? When you're full of joy, eh? I give you a nice prayer, I give you a nice cake, I give you a nice oh, warm fuzzies. That is joy. But what about happiness? And there's a reason I'm saying this, I'm asking this. What is the meaning of happiness? Well, Webster's Dictionary, again, defines happiness in the following way. Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. Joy, <laughs> all right? A pleasurable or satisfying experience. Now, I want you to look at the synonyms for the word happiness. Gladness, joy, warm fuzzies. Can you see that the, the only word that changes between and the other in joy it puts happiness there, and under happiness, it puts joy. What does it tell you? Joy and happiness are the same thing. 
Okay? They, 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 they're very similar. They're very close. They are the same thing. And, and I'm saying this because sometimes in English, and, I, and I've only heard this in English, in no other language. Don't try and do this in Portuguese. It's not going to work. In English, you say, oh, happiness means it is determined by what happens. So happiness is what happens makes you happy, but joy is inside. It's deep, you know, it's from God. Mm, no. Uh, in, in the Portuguese Bible, where it says the joy of the Lord is my strength, in the Portuguese Bible, it says the happiness of the Lord is my strength. If you've got to translate directly. Why? Because joy and happiness are the same thing. But there are different kinds of joy. Different kinds of happiness. And that's what this message today is all about. Trying to understand what is meant by, by joy. Amen? So joy and happiness are the same thing. If you're happy, you're joyful. When you're joyful, you're happy. Amen? All right? Let's not get confused. All right? And so I am happy because it is Christmas for many reasons. Yes, it includes the celebrations. But I am happy because of a deeper reason that we are going to look at. Let's read what happened on that first Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. We've spoken about this previously. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great what? Joy. Great happiness. You're going to be happy when you hear this good news, okay? Which will be to all people. This joy and the happiness is not just for you guys, not just for you shepherds, but it's for you and for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, Christ the Anointed One, meaning the Messiah, which the shepherds and the Jews have been waiting for. Many of them are still waiting for him. Can you believe it? Talk about missing the train, eh? And these guys are listening to this, and, and you must understand one thing, guys. Back in the day, when this happened, shepherds were not high society people. They were the outcasts. They were always with sheep. They always smelled sheep, you know. And they were like, nobody wanted to hang around shepherds. And guess who God chooses to bring the news to first? Huh? Jesus gets born. Instead of going to Jerusalem and talking to the authorities, to the people in power, to the people that you know, mattered, the high society, the guys that had the say, those what No, God goes all the way to the shepherds. Bunch of dirty oaks in the middle of the night with some stinking sheep. And he brings the news to them. And this will be assigned to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heavens and once they recovered from the shock that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning God. 
And all those who heard marveled. You see what happened over here? Middle of the night, these guys go to Bethlehem. They find the baby. They find Jesus. They worship. They're full of joy. Middle of the night, they go running the streets, knocking on doors, telling everybody, guess what? Oh, we saw angels. Angels came to us and they told us about the baby. A baby is a baby. The man is a baby. This is a baby. This is a baby. This is a baby. And he's the Messiah. And, 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 and the people are like, listen, the people are not used to having shepherds preaching to them in the middle of the night. And therefore, when they realize the, the boldness of these guys, of these stinking shepherds, going go to the streets and preaching, they realize, they, they marvel. Says, something must have happened. For these guys to become like this, something happened. And they marveled, it says. They marveled. Those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and piled them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Do you think there was joy in their hearts? Of course. After a night like this, they go back to their sheep, man. They sing, they're praising God. They, they can't believe it. They're so overwhelmed with happiness, with joy, with, with warm fuzzies. Ah. For all the things that they had heard and seen and was told them. Now from the special you can see, there was joy in Bethlehem that night. Now, joy surrounded the birth of Jesus. Let's look quickly. The shepherds, we've just read. The shepherds were filled with joy. And, and they brought joy to people around them. Even if the people just enjoyed watching their excitement. And <laughs> this is funny, you know. But there was joy in Bethlehem anyway. Okay, there was joy that night. But what about a few months before, Mary and Elizabeth. When Mary went to visit Elizabeth, it says that, when she greeted Elizabeth, John, who was in Elizabeth's womb, look at this, Luke 144. For indeed, this is Elizabeth speaking, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe, John, leaped in my womb for joy. Huh? Wow. Just a little hint here to, you know, you might know people that are pro-choice, you know. I will choose whether I want a baby or not because this thing is not a living until it comes out. It's just a thing until it comes out. Uh-uh. That thing is a person able to experience joy and emotions. Two fetuses talking to each other through their mom's voice and just being close to each other. And John leaps for joy in his mom's womb. I know what that looks like. Sometimes Reuben used to leap inside my wife. And she, she is so small, she was like, there's his little feet sticking out yet. <laughs> joy. What, what, what about the wise men? This happened a little bit after Jesus was born. But it says in Matthew 2.10 that when they saw the star, they'd been traveling, eventually the star stopped over where Jesus was. And when they realized that, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When, this, when, when the stars stopped, man, those warm fuzzies started game. Ah, we are here, we've arrived, we found him, we found him, we found him. There was joy. And let's not forget Simeon and Anna. You know, we, we refer to them right in that first uh, message when Tanya spoke about hope. They being in the temple, they've been hoping, they, they've been they, they're trusting they're going to see the Messiah. And I tell you something, surely there was joy. 
when, when, when they had the revelation and they saw and, and they held Jesus, there was joy, man. So joy surrounded the birth of Jesus. But what about joy in the Bible? Joy in the Bible. Well, you know, I think we need to allow the Bible to speak for itself. Instead of me sitting up preaching about joy, I'm going to read what the Bible says about joy. The Bible has 165 references to joy, but fortunately, they are only in 155 verses. So I reckon, why must I search and give you my opinion about joy? I'll just read 155 verses about joy, and by the end of it, we should know what joy is about. Is that okay? It, it, it's, tomorrow is a holiday. Nobody's in a hurry, right? <laughs> Relax, you can do the that by yourself. <laughs> All right. But let's talk a little bit about joy in the Bible. Just a couple of things, three or four things. Joy is experienced by God. Do you know that God has the emotion of joy? He experiences the emotion of joy. He speaks about it himself. In many places, just one verse here is in Zephaniah 3:17. 17. 17. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. What? God is a singer. <laughs> yeah. You see, when we submit ourselves to him, when we love him, when we obey him, when you are close to him, he rejoices over us. Just like you parents rejoice when your child loves you, when, when, when he behaves himself, when he makes you proud. You rejoice. You know, you, you, well, God is the Father, okay? And he loves us, yes, and he puts up with a lot of our nonsense. But you and I can make him glad and cause him to have joy, happiness. God experiences. So if God experiences joy, that tells me that joy, happiness is a good thing. You know, some Christians walk around as if happiness is a sin. When you look at them, they're always serious. Hello, my brother. God bless you. This world is a mess, isn't it? Oh, how I want Jesus to come. How oh, I will be happy when Jesus comes. Because right now, it's a mess. It's a holy mess. They never smile. They never rejoice. Let us pray. We need to pray. We need to intercede. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, guys. What do you drink every morning? Lemon juice? Joy, happiness is a good thing. God wants us to smile. Do you think that Jesus walked around with a frown in his face every day? Why do you think that children wanted to get to Jesus and run to him and, and be blessed by him? Because his demeanor attracted children. He must have been a happy oak. A fun guy to hang around with. And that's why people love to be with Jesus. Except the serious sours from the temple. They were the holy ones. They knew better because they knew God. You know, they were the, the law keepers. Come on. Let's enjoy this life. Yes, it's a difficult life. And I know that Christmas is not always happy for everyone. Some people are going to have a hard time this Christmas. For some people, including us, there's going to be a, a, a place missing. Someone is going to be missing at the table. 
Others have difficulties, financial difficulties or family difficulties. And, and, and so I know that no Christmas is completely joyful for everybody. We all have our little problems. But you know what? In the midst of all that, we can have God's joy in us. And we can still smile. And we can enjoy with others this season. Amen. There is strength in joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of God, the joy of the Lord, that joy that comes from inside, not from outside. Some people want to get happy at Christmas and New Year. You know how they get happy? Like this. They drink. They want, they, they want to drink happiness. And they do get happy for a little bit. Well, some get happy. Some get violent. Some get stupid. Some just go and sleep. But even if they get happy, it doesn't last, does it? Because then the next day, they've got a massive headache, they bubble us, and they feel stupid, and they've done stupid things. God wants our joy to come from the inside. Amen? Which is a joy which does not harm. Doesn't harm you, doesn't harm others. On the contrary, it can get people around you to be blessed and joyful too. Now, joy, uh, also in First Chronicles, honor the majesty, honor and manage you are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. You see, before God and the presence of God, gladness and joy and strength are in his place. Joy and strength. Joy produced by circumstances is temporary. Keep that in mind. Joy is a choice. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So even if I'm having a difficult day and I come to you and, and you share with me good news, what am I to do? I can choose to rejoice with you. Now, some people can't do that because they haven't got joy inside. So you, you share them good news and they say, well, good for you, man. Let me tell you what happened to me today. Just the opposite. And yeah, you come with them with good news and boom, they just blow your bubble away. And no, man, come on. Rejoice. Joy and happiness is something you can express at will. You see my mouth? I can choose to be serious or I can choose to smile. I'm in full control of this thing. I'm in full control of this face. And you? Unless you have a physical problem, and some people have, but most of us are in full control of our, of our mouths, both in what we show and with what we say. Hello. So let's rejoice with those who rejoice and, 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 and weep with those who weep. Amen. It's just the way it is, guys. And what about Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's a command. <laughs> God commands us to rejoice. And of course, now, turn to this later, but that coming from a man who was sitting in prison when he wrote this. What about inner joy? There is an inner joy that Jesus spoke about, and that's the joy we need to focus on. It's a joy that lasts. John 15, 9 to 11 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide, remain in my love. If, here's the condition, you see, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Okay? Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things that I've just spoken, I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How do you get a full joy? Remain in his love. 
keep his commandments. Walk with Jesus. <clears throat> and your joy will be full. I'm not saying it's easy all the time. Sometimes when everybody's doing it and you say, no, I'm not going to do it because I follow Jesus. Oh, come on, you religious freak. Ah. It's not easy sometimes. But if you choose to follow Jesus, you're going to find that your joy, which comes from inside, will be full. Your friends might not be happy with you. Your family might not be happy with you. But you will have the joy of the Lord inside of you. You will be happy. A happiness that comes from inside. You don't need external stuff. It's in there. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the joy. And it's linked to obeying God. Um, and, 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 and going through, from this, Jesus said in, in, in verse 12, John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So love God, love others as much as you can, as we have read, as we have learned, love other people. And, and if there was a man that had reason to complain and to mope and to moan, it was Paul. And yet he wrote this verse, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always and again, I'll say rejoice. And he wrote, if you read Philippians, it talks about joy all the way. And a number of his letters that he wrote from prison, he's talking about joy. Rejoice always. So what should bring you joy this Christmas? Oh, the pudding, the Christmas pudding, of course. No, that's the wrong answer. Because not everybody can afford or have a Christmas pudding. Some people don't like Christmas pudding. So what about them, you know? What should bring you joy this Christmas? Listen, listen. Christmas is not about big and fancy. Maybe some of you are watching, some of you are listening, some of you yeah, even might say, oh, sure, my Christmas is going to be so small. I only have so much and it's only a couple of people and it's such a small Christmas. Listen, Christmas is about the birth of the Savior. That first Christmas wasn't big and fancy, was it? Fairly uncomfortable, I think, if you ask me. You know, a mother and a baby in a manger, not too comfortable, not fancy, not big. But you see, Christmas is about the birth of the Savior, of the Messiah who entered the world to bring the good news and will return again to establish his kingdom forever. Are you having a simple Christmas? That first Christmas was simplicity in itself, but it was filled with joy. However, that external joy was short-lived because that family, Joseph married the baby, they had many days of joy, but they also had many days of sorrow, starting not too long after Jesus was born. Jesus as well. He had many days of joy, but he had many days of sorrow. Guess what? You and I, we have many days of joy, many happy days, but we also have many days of sorrow. But we are instructed to live with our eyes on the next Advent, as we celebrate the Advent, yeah, look back and, and celebrate the arrival of Messiah, but also be reminded of the future Advent. And we are instructed to live our lives and to navigate through our joys and our sorrows with our eyes fixed on the next Advent. Amen. The return of Jesus, which will bring great and everlasting joy. Amen. Everlasting joy. So, <laughs> go ahead and rejoice today and tomorrow as you celebrate Christmas. Go ahead. Enjoy. 
in whatever way is possible to you, whatever means you have at your disposal, celebrate and enjoy. Make the best of Christmas. Make the best of this holiday season. I hope most of you will be taking some time to relax as well between now and the new year. Make the best of it. Create good memories. Create wonderful memories with family and with friends. But remember what real joy is all about. And here it is. Real joy, of course, primarily, it's about Jesus. Real joy is about hope. It's about peace. It's about love. And all of these, all of these are bound together in a person. They are found in a person. The Lord Jesus Christ. All four of these words, love, hope, joy, peace, are bound, linked to a person, Jesus Christ. Amen? So, I want to wish you Merry Christmas. Okay, Merry also means joy and also means happy. Okay? It just sounds nice. Merry Christmas! <laughs> but, when I say Merry Christmas, what I'm saying is, have a joy-filled Christmas. Amen? Merry means happy, means joy. So, Merry Christmas, have a joy-filled Christmas. But when I say have a joy-filled Christmas, what do I mean? As symbolized by our Christmas wreath, I'm wishing you the following. May your Christmas be filled with hope, with peace, with love, resulting in exceeding joy because of your faith in the person of Jesus Christ, whom you love and you obey. And if anyone is watching, anyone is listening, and your faith is not in Jesus Christ, you're not going to have a truly Merry Christmas. You'll need some external support, which is not going to last. And so I encourage, I invite everyone to make Jesus the center of your life, the center of your Christ. I'm not talking about religion, people. Religion does not satisfy. Rituals do not satisfy. We need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Saying, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge who you are, what you did for me. And I surrender my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to obey your commandments. Not rules and regulations. Not people's traditions. Your word, Lord Jesus, to me. And you start a relationship with him. Amen. So, May you have a Merry Christmas. May your Christmas be filled with hope, with peace, with love, resulting in exceeding joy because your faith is in the person of Jesus Christ, whom you love and you obey. Bow his, close our eyes, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for the meaning of this day, of this season. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that Everyone here present, watching, listening, Lord, that all of us will truly have this meaningful Merry Christmas, Lord God. Not because of the external stuff and the parties and the music and the food and the presents, but rather because of the person and because of a relationship and because of that inner peace, because of that real hope, because of your love and because of that joy 
which comes from inside out. I pray a blessing upon every home represented here, those listening, those watching. May you really have a blessed Christmas. And may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you this season. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Sunday, a wonderful Christmas day, and see you next Sunday for the last meeting of 2023. God bless you.